0: Been following the Apostle Paul across the Mediterranean world, and here at the end of his third missionary journey, we're returning to the city of Jerusalem now and seeing the events that will transpire when Paul and his team uh, visit the city uh, at the end of his third missionary journey. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 21 and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 16 today. Acts 21, verses 1 through 16. And when we had parted from them and set sail, we came by a straight course to Kos, and the next day to Rhodes, and, to, and from there to Petara. And having found a ship crossing to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had come in sight of Cyprus, Leaving it on the left, we sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre, for there the ship was to unload its cargo. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. And through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we departed and went on our journey, and they all, with wives and children, accompanied us until we were outside the city." And kneeling down on the beach, we prayed and said farewell to one another. Then we went on board the ship, and they returned home. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemais, and we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for one day. On the next day we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. While we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, and coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. After these days we got ready and went up to Jerusalem, and some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us, bringing us to the house of Nassan of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we should lodge. Let's pray as we begin our session. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the verses that we've just read, which speak to us about the journey of the Apostle Paul uh, from Uh, Miletus from Asia Minor, uh, through the Aegean, through the Mediterranean, and back to uh, the Israelite coast, and the events that transpired when he visited Caesarea once again on his way to Jerusalem. Father, we pray that as we consider these things, that we might both gain understanding of what your word is saying, and apply it to our own lives and what your Holy Spirit would teach us through this word today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in these verses, Paul sets sail from Miletus where we saw him at the end of Acts chapter 20 speaking with the Ephesian elders. So verses 1 through 3 of chapter 21 show Paul's geographical travels from Miletus which was south of Ephesus in the Aegean on the western coast of Asia Minor, back to Syria and then down as far as Israel. So he travels by way of Kos to Rhodes to Petara along the southern edge of Asia Minor in verse 1. The group finds a ship there going to Phoenicia. Now the Phoenician coast was just to the north of Israel uh, on the Mediterranean. And so the group gets on board this ship and sets sail for the region just north of, of Israel. Dr. Luke is with the group here, and he uses the uh, first common plural pronoun, we, to include himself. So he's traveling with Paul and with the group here, and we should remember that as he goes down to Caesarea and then up to Jerusalem with them as well. They sailed past Cyprus on their way back to uh, the Phoenician coast. Cyprus was the area that Barnabas had gone to minister uh, years before. On their very first missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas and John Mark had gone together to the island of Cyprus. You'll notice that the text says here that they passed by uh, Cyprus, leaving it on the left as we sailed to Syria. This implies that they're going around the southern edge of the island of Cyprus and then sailing on to Syria, to the Phoenician coast, landing at the city of Tyre, where the ship was going to unload its cargo. They seem to have boarded a merchant vessel then to uh, return to Israel that was hauling a lot of goods, and they were simply passengers on this merchant vessel. In verses 4 through 6, these verses reveal what happened to the group as they stop in the city of Tyre. We read first that they sought out the disciples, the followers of Jesus, that were in that city in verse 4. We don't have much information about the church at Tyre, but it likely began as a result of Stephan's stoning and the persecution that commenced at that time in Acts chapters 7 and 8. They stayed in the city of Tyre for seven days, we're told in verse 4. And during that time, we see the disciples telling Paul, Luke says, through the Spirit, not to go on to Jerusalem. Now again, this brings out the issue at at hand here. Was Paul uh, disobeying the direction of the Holy Spirit in going up to Jerusalem? Well, at first glance, uh, this verse might seem to support that type of a view, that they were, the believers entire were prophesying that he should not go up to Jerusalem. The Spirit of God was uh, telling them uh, not to go on. Um, some have taken this then as an indication that Paul was resisting the will of God by going up to the city of Jerusalem. But that seems to contradict what Paul had said in the past uh, chapter, in chapter 20 and verse 23, where he told the elders uh, uh, of Ephesus at Miletus uh, that the Holy Spirit testifies to me, he said, in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. This uh, should probably not be taken so much as a warning not to go, but a warning of what would happen when he went. It seems like the Spirit was directing him to go to Jerusalem, and here in Tyre, the believers are again telling him through the Spirit uh, that there are uh, dangers awaiting for him in the city of Jerusalem. The care of the church for Luke and for Paul and for their team is shown very clearly in verse 5, where the believers, with their wives and their children accompanying them, come together and... uh, uh, accompany them outside the city as they go back on their way to the ship after seven days to continue on their journey. They pray with them there on the beach. They say farewell to them. Uh, Doubtless they understood what would uh, happen to Paul when he went to the city of Jerusalem. And so they're demonstrating their deep concern and love for Paul and for the group. The group then boards the ship once again, and the believers in Christ entire uh, return to their homes, Luke says. So they continue to travel down the Phoenician coast, coming first to uh, Ptolemais, a city which was just north of the Carmel mountain range in the land of Israel. They greeted the brothers there and stayed with them for a day, likely overnight, in verse 7. The next day they traveled down to Caesarea and entered the home of Philip the Evangelist. Now this would have been the same individual that is seen in Acts chapters 6 and 8 who was one of seven individuals chosen to help the apostles in the church in Jerusalem early on in the book of Acts. And this individual also ministered in Samaria, sharing the gospel there with the Samaritans and with the Ethiopian eunuch on the road to Egypt, uh, who is traveling home. So the group now stays with this Philip in his home. So this is Philip the Evangelist, not Philip the Apostle. Philip, we are told in verse 9, has four unmarried daughters, and those daughters prophesy. Uh, Prophecy was a gift during the apostolic era of the New Testament that was given to communicate God's revelation directly to his church. It was something that was uh, for the foundational period of the church. And once the uh, canon of Scripture was revealed and written and recorded up through John's writing of the book of Revelation, The need for prophetic utterances uh, largely came to an end. And so today, prophecy has uh, largely ceased, again, due to the completion of God's revelation through his written word, the Bible. We have everything we need to know, everything God wants us to know in the word of God written and recorded in the writings of the New Testament. Also, while Paul and his group are at Caesarea, staying in the house of Philip the evangelist with his daughters who are prophesying, a prophet by the name of Agabus comes down from Judea. Now, Agabus we have seen before in chapter 11 and verse 28. He's a prophet from Jerusalem who uh, predicted a famine in the days when Barnabas and Saul ministered in Antioch. Uh, Agabus took Paul's belt Bound his feet and hands and says, uh, Thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Agabus' prophecy was not meant to, I think, divert Paul from going to Jerusalem, but to prepare him to go and face imprisonment. Uh, Some have felt perhaps Agabus was wrong in his prediction. However, in Acts 28 and verse 17, Paul uses very similar language to talk about what had happened to him at Jerusalem. He says there, uh, After three days he called together the local uh, leaders of the Jews, and when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the custom of our fathers, Yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. So Agabus talks about him being delivered into the hands of the Gentiles. Paul says that he was delivered in Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. Very similar language. It seems that Paul viewed Agabus' prophecy as being fulfilled then in his life. Luke and the group, when they hear this prophecy, urge Paul not to go to Jerusalem. They wanted him to avoid imprisonment and the pain that would accompany that. Paul responds by affirming strongly his intent to suffer and even face imprisonment for Jesus Christ. Look at what he says in verse 13. He says, what are you doing weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Luke records that since they could not persuade Paul, they stopped fighting and said, let the will of the Lord be done. Now there are two significant things here. First, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives this prophecy in verse 12, and here in verse 14, he's called the Lord. It is the Holy Spirit's will that is done since he is declaring the prophecy. The Holy Spirit then is fully God, just as the Father and Son are. Secondly, the will of the Lord was what Paul was saying all along should be done. And Luke and the other disciples should not have tried to sway him from that path. We should accept the Lord's will for our lives, whatever that might bring. Now next time we'll see Paul's ministry in Jerusalem and his going up to the temple and the events that transpire then. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partners.